Are the Red Sox going to wow us this offseason or not? As we anxiously await them making the huge splash, here are some under-the-radar moves that the Red Sox could make to help enhance the team. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, and I am here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox straight to your favorite podcast feed for free. Who doesn't love free? Might as well start your day off right by tuning in to Locked On Red Sox. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Red Sox. Before I dive into today's show, I just wanted to take a moment to let you know that if you download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox, you can get the home broadcast of every game straight to your phone so you don't have to worry about missing a single pitch. How great is that? So if you are in that position where you don't have to worry about missing a game and you don't want to have to worry about it, Download the SiriusXM app today, and it will absolutely have you covered. We're anxiously awaiting the Red Sox to make a big splash this offseason. Yamamoto supposedly has met with or is meeting with the Red Sox in the coming days. That would be the huge move that the Red Sox need to make this offseason. In order for me to feel like they finally have an ace in the pitching staff, I'm going to be honest with you, outside of Yamamoto, there aren't a lot of feasible options that I see potentially being a true ace for Boston unless they were to jump to the trade market and pursue somebody that way instead. They might have to pivot to that. If they miss out on Yamamoto, which they might, there's a lot of teams interested in him, where do they pivot from there? Do they try to focus on more heavily pursuing players like Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell? Do they jump to the trade market and try to trade for Corbin Burns, possibly, or one of the Mariners pitchers? They actually already inquired with the Mariners about a couple of their young pitchers, including George Kirby, the Mariners shut the Red Sox down. So whatever the offer was that the Red Sox came to them with, it must've been pretty weak in the Mariners eyes. So they've already had an unsuccessful trade attempt. Although it kind of made me happy to hear the news that they tried to dive into the trade market and they tried to at least acquire somebody in some capacity that was a truly talented player. It's not really the Red Sox fault that 
the Mariners didn't want the package they offered. If the Red Sox are still serious about pursuing their young pitchers, then they have to buck up and offer something better, a better package, and maybe up the level of prospect talent that they're offering. I don't know what the package looked like that the Red Sox were offering or the names being discussed, but obviously the Mariners didn't see it as good enough for them. So therefore the Red Sox need to step up their game a little bit and figure out a plan for if they don't get Yamamoto. I know they have a lot of eggs going into that basket as they should, because he's incredibly talented and somebody who is just very desirable by a lot of different teams. So the Red Sox should be in the mix there, but they have to come up with that contingency plan if they miss out on him. One player that I think could be an under-the-radar fit for the Boston Red Sox is somebody who the Red Sox would have to move into the trade market to acquire, and that's Hosong Kim from the Padres. There's talk that they might be interested in free agent with Maryfield, who's a three-time All-Star. I've said on the show I like the personality he would bring to the team and that veteran presence that they're lacking now with not having Turner anymore. So bringing in Maryfield could make sense from what he brings to the table and clubhouse camaraderie wise what he can do to make the Red Sox better but if we're looking for somebody who's talented in multiple capacities and can provide a lot of upside more so than Maryfield I think Kim is somebody who hasn't necessarily been as talked about but could be a fit in Boston he's a right-handed hitter which would help balance out the lineup He's in the last year of a $28 million contract with a mutual option for 2025. He's coming off of a season in which he posted a 749 OPS. And since he has that mutual option for 2025, it leaves the possibility of players like Marcelo Meyer or Nick York coming up who are just highly anticipated prospects the Red Sox have in their system right now. So if they're worried about committing to somebody long-term because they want one of those two guys to slot in at some point, likely beginning in 2025, then maybe they do go that route because then they maybe choose to not exercise the option on their end going into the 2025 season. So it wouldn't be a bad option for that standpoint. The Padres also are in a transition period right now. They already traded Juan Soto and Trent Grisham. They need some outfield help, and they're in the market for some pitching arms, particularly set-up men like bridge guys who could be those seventh to eighth inning guys. The Red Sox could find the right package to put together for them to bring Kim to Boston. In 2023, he had what was arguably the best season of his young career, earning his first Gold Glove Award, which is promising for his defense because the Red Sox absolutely need somebody to play that position who can come in and play good infield defense because the defense was rough last year. 
He's 28 years old. He finished the season with 17 home runs, 60 RBIs, 38 stolen bases, and a 260 batting average with a 351 on base percentage and 398 slugging percentage. With the way the Red Sox have adapted the last couple seasons to wanting to really fix that farm system and have been committing to that truly, they have assets that they could trade. After trading Verdugo, they still probably have a chance to maybe move one more outfielder. I'm not seeing that happening, but it's a possibility. More likely, the package would contain some higher level prospects, but I do feel like they have the pieces to talk to San Diego and get it done. And we know that he's talented. There's a lot more upside there than there is with Maryfield. My main appeal for Maryfield is that clubhouse vibe that he can bring to help some of those younger guys out on this Red Sox team. But from the standpoint of upside offensively and defensively overall and what he can do for the Red Sox in 2024, I'm liking Kim as an option. I think the Red Sox are at the point now where they have to be open to all options, not necessarily just free agency. I think from a pitching standpoint, they definitely should look to free agency first because there are guys there who are pretty capable of stepping in to fill a starting spot with Boston that can help make the team better and make an impact right away. But when you come to this other situation that the Red Sox are in of having to find a solidified second baseman who can play good defense, the trade market might be the best way to go for that because no one player stands out to me as the best fit to step into that position right now. So I'd be curious to see if the Red Sox have even thought about Kim or if he's somebody they feel could be a fit for the organization. Time will tell, but I really like what he can bring due to the season he had in 2023 and his ability to bring it both offensively and defensively. Who's another player that's a little under the radar that could be a good fit for Boston? That's coming up next. Are you a big FanDuel person? Or do you love sports betting in general? Either way, FanDuel is for you. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. FanDuel is so much fun. I could scroll through that app all day just to see the different bets you can actually make. It's actually almost overwhelming seeing the combinations of things that you can do. But that's a good problem to have. You want to be able to have a good variety of options to make and 
choose from because the more bets you make, the more money you'll win. And offering bonus bets, I mean, that's a winning deal in itself. So head to FanDuel.com slash on today and begin your journey there. Also, don't forget that you can download the SiriusXM app straight to your phone and search Red Sox, and you can get the home broadcast of every game so that you don't have to worry about missing a single pitch. Isn't that great? I mean, who doesn't love to feel like they don't have to miss anything? If you are anything like me, then you don't like missing games at all. So if that's you, I highly encourage you to download the app today because then you'll be all ready to go when the season starts. Speaking of the season starting, what's next for the Boston Red Sox? They made a couple small moves so far this offseason, and they traded for outfielder Tyler O'Neill, which is the biggest move that they've made to add to their team. They have also traded away Alex Verdugo and acquired some pitching depth in exchange. But the question now becomes, where are the big moves? What are the big moves? What do the Red Sox have in mind for players who could come in and make it feel like a complete roster again? A player who it has flown a little bit under the radar this season that isn't really being talked about a lot is Lucas Giolito. He didn't have his best season on the mound in 2023. He ended the season with a 488 ERA over 33 games pitched. He struggled a bit and kind of moved around a little bit. He started the season with the White Sox and was pitching pretty well there, but then went to the Angels, and then finished the season with the Guardians. And all of that being said, it's hard for a player to pitch for three different teams in the same season and be able to be as effective as we're used to seeing from that pitcher. I mean, we used to see dominant ace caliber Lucas Giolito with the White Sox. I don't know that that pitcher necessarily is fully there anymore, but I do believe if he's in the right system with a good pitching coach, he can get back to the point of at least showing glimpses of that. Andrew Bailey being hired to work with the Red Sox pitching staff still remains underrated to me overall as a move that Boston made to add to their coaching staff. You want to bring somebody in to that pitching coach role who's very knowledgeable, is able to connect with and work with the players and hone in on their strengths and help them build on their weaknesses. And I feel like Andrew Bailey fits that mold. He's already had experience doing this in San Francisco. And the fact that he was such a well-desired guy this offseason and a lot of teams wanted him to join their coaching staff in some capacity is a very promising sign. And maybe Lucas Giolito needs to work with somebody like him who can help fix him and find something that went wrong for him in the last half of 2023 to get him back to at least being a solid 
starter in 2024. I'm not at all asking for him to be the guy, nor would he be or should he be. The Red Sox still would need to bring another pitcher in if they sign him. They can't just sign Lucas Giolito and call it an offseason with the pitching staff and assume that he's going to be the ace. There needs to be more than that that they do. But if they do bring in Giolito, he could be a solid number three, maybe number four, depending on where he's at. And that absolutely adds some depth to that rotation, especially due to the fact that he has had times where he's shown absolute dominance and he's able to eat innings. That's one of the most important things to me is that he can fill up some usage so that the bullpen doesn't have to be used as much because in 2023, it was a big problem for the Red Sox bullpen that a lot of those arms were being overworked because the starters had trouble going deep into games. He did allow a league-leading 41 home runs in 2023, but he struck out 10.0 batters per nine innings and walked 3.6 batters per nine. So he has a good strikeout-to-walk ratio. Having somebody in there who can rack up the strikeouts is always a good thing. His best seasons really were that 2019 to 2021 range because he finished in the top 11 of Cy Young voting all three of those years. So he really does need to go to a team with a strong pitching coach so that they can hone in on what he can do to really get back to maybe not what he was from 2019 to 2021, but at least close to that again. He's an interesting bounce back type of candidate. I think the Red Sox could be a logical fit. Maybe they just give him a small contract, two years with an opt-out after the first year, something along those lines. So they're not committing too heavily or too long-term to him. But maybe they give him a chance as a mid-to-back-end starter who they can see if they can find his strengths and utilize those to get him back to being a pitcher that's more dominant than not. It's just hard for him with the circumstances he was in. Sometimes you need to consider the movement around and the transition because bouncing from team to team to team like that mid-season can break your focus and your routine. And that could have been a factor in what happened to him in 2023. He's only 29 years old, so I'm not giving up hope that he could get back to at least a level of feeling like he can be trusted. I don't by any means think he'd get back to ace caliber stuff, but again, the Red Sox don't need that from him. They would need him to just be at a level where he can be a solid number three or so starter that can eat up innings and strike out a lot of guys. That's what I'm asking for. Could be a good under the radar pick for Boston. They could keep it a team friendly deal where he's maybe only under control for one season, see how it goes. And then if they don't want to bring him back in 2025, then okay, they don't. And that just is what it is. So maybe the Red Sox have that thought process, but either way, again, if they do decide to bring him in, 
please still focus on acquiring an ace. I don't know how many times that has to be emphasized because that still is sitting there highlighted as the single most important thing that the Red Sox need because Giolito is not and likely will not be an ace. So please get somebody else if you do decide to acquire him. Who else can the Red Sox acquire that's an under-the-radar pick for Boston? Find that out next. Don't forget that Locked On Red Sox is available for you on your favorite podcast feed for free. Just search for the show, subscribe, do it, leave a rating, leave a review, share it with your friends and family. And you can also get in on more of the action by following me on Twitter at GabbyRobot10 and following the show on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox. And we can continue the conversation that way. So continue to subscribe, continue to tune in. The listeners have been great. I love my everydayers, people who are constantly commenting on the YouTube videos or people who are constantly tweeting at me that listen to the show. It's really a great time and it's so fun to be a part of. So continue to be part of that community that you've always been involved in. And also, I have a very exciting announcement. Lockdown has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. This is truly super exciting for Lockdown because nobody else has this, and it's a great way for you to keep up with everything going on in sports. So subscribe to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube. You definitely won't be disappointed. In talking about under-the-radar players who could be a good fit for Boston this offseason, there are players who haven't been talked about that could be a weird fit even though you don't feel like they could be a fit. And Mitch Garver is one of those players I'm looking at. If the Red Sox do decide they want to keep Yoshida in left field and they want to search for a better option at DH, Mitch Garver could certainly provide similar production that Justin Turner gave them last year. He was one of the many hitters in the Rangers lineup who positively contributed to them going to the World Series. His stat line was a 270 batting average, 370 on base percentage, and 500 slugging percentage, while also adding 19 home runs. These are good numbers. A 270 batting average doesn't make him one of the best in the league, but it definitely gets the job done, especially if he's hitting 19 home runs. The problem, though, is that he only played 87 games because he missed about two months of the season due to a knee injury. When he came back from the injury, he closed out the season with a stat line of 226, 317 on base percentage, and 434 slugging percentage with three homers and 14 RBIs during the postseason. He 
came up big in different spots in each series of the postseason with a clutch hit in each one that shows that he's able to perform in that spotlight of what it takes to be in the postseason because not every player can do that. And it could be nerve wracking for some because all eyes are on you and that can be terrifying. But he could be the type of guy who could provide that type of value for Boston that the Red Sox were missing. I think if he came, I primarily would want him to be a DH. That's what makes sense. He could, you know, double as an emergency catcher, but he's also had some injury problems due to playing that position, playing just over 100 games in a season just once in his career. He also played very little first base, which is something that Justin Turner did a lot last season to fill in for Tristan Casas against lefties. So that's something that they would have to keep in mind. His 2023 season was arguably the best in his seven-year career, but it's just somebody who I think from an upside standpoint would simply provide value because of his productivity as a leader for the team and knowing that he can be relatively consistent because he's not the type of guy who's really bounced up and down. He's had a pretty good career overall. Health is a concern for me. Where exactly would he play in the field? I'd wonder how would that make sense? Is there a position that he could play more of when he's not DHing, I think it would be a matter of do they want to replace Justin Turner's production with somebody who may be on the cheaper side that has proven experience and despite getting injured has still been able to come back and contribute in a positive manner because that's a big thing. If a player goes through an injury and is going through rehab for that injury and then they come back to their respective team and they aren't necessarily performing at the level they should be, it could be because they're rusty from their injury or they kind of lost some of what they had. But the fact that he was able to come back from his injury and still come in clutch in a variety of situations in the playoffs is a promising sign because the Red Sox have dealt with a lot of injuries the last couple seasons. And I really want to get guys in there who, even if they do face an injury during the season, can come out of that and still be strong and still be a good contributor. Are there better options than Mitch Garver? Absolutely. I'm not saying the Red Sox definitely should pursue somebody like him. But it's a scenario where he could come here and be that surprise guy that Turner was when he came. Because when the Red Sox signed Justin Turner, I don't think many people really expected him to go off and have the season that he had. At the plate in particular, he had one of the best seasons of his career and was Mr. Clutch, as I like to call him, for Boston. Also served as a great leader for the younger guys in the clubhouse. And that proved to make more of a difference than people realized that it would. Having somebody like that in the clubhouse who's been through the hardships 
knows what it's like to get injured, how to bounce back from that. He had been DFA'd in his career. So Justin Turner had really seen it all. So he's somebody who was good for a lot of the younger players on this Boston Red Sox team who were still trying to get their feet wet and are trying to navigate through the difficult times. So I think from that standpoint of being able to give these younger guys some of those life lessons and be able to talk them through things that may go on on a day-to-day basis. Mitch Garver could be that surprise guy that the Red Sox get at a low price. I do think there are other better platoon options for Boston, but he's certainly somebody to keep in mind if they're just looking for somebody to kind of help fill some roles and primarily be a DH. But after the Tyler O'Neill trade happened, I said it'd be nice to see if they decide to move Yoshida to DH because he is weaker defensively. So if that is the case, and there's not really a reason to bring in Garber, it's just something to keep in mind as an option if they're looking for somebody to kind of come in and contribute in that way that Justin Turner did. Either way, no matter what happens over the next couple of weeks, it better conclude with the Red Sox signing at least one big starter, whether that's via trade or via the free agent market. It has to happen. Cannot miss out on too many of these guys. Once Yamamoto signs, I think everybody else will start to sign. I'd love to get Yamamoto. Even if they get him, they should still get one more guy to really shape out this rotation. But other than that, There's little things they need to do to improve the roster, but it all goes back to pitching. So hopefully they decide to do the right thing this offseason and really go for it. You can also do the right thing this offseason by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube as we have launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. So basically you can go and catch up on all things sports At any time of day or night, it doesn't matter what time zone you're in, where you are, you can feel like you're in the loop all the time. So subscribe to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube. It really will be something that you don't regret. And also download the SiriusXM app so you can get that home broadcast of every Red Sox game straight to your phone as well. So you don't have to miss a single pitch. As always, keep the faith, go Red Sox, and I will catch you on the flip side.